Hey, welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is Fraser Allen Best. Today is Friday, June 17th, 2016, and today we're going to talk about an issue in Canadian politics, and that is the issue of Canadian veterans. There is a story right now talking about whether the government has a quote-unquote duty of care to veterans who have been injured in a combat scenario. Let me back up on what we're talking about. Right now, Canadian soldiers wounded in combat have to have those injuries and any care that they need medically covered through civil courts and workers' compensation, the same way that you would get coverage for your care if you were injured on a normal job. And of course, this idea, this way of managing injured veterans, of course, strikes a lot of people as a little bit strange. We definitely don't think of fighting for your country as just any other job. And it seems relatively obvious for just about anyone who hears about this story that the relationship between the government and a soldier is far different than the relationship between an employer and their employee. And that that relationship is qualitatively different. When it comes to a soldier as opposed to a private worker, the government has an obligation, a responsibility that far more squarely rests with them. And the policies we have right now do, of course, to some extent, acknowledge this obligation. Right now, any soldier who's injured in combat is still given compensation for the period of time that they would have been in service. The question right here is about whether to extend them lifelong pensions. Now, this position, the position that they should not be extended these pensions, was the position held by the conservative government. And when the liberals made up the opposition, they fiercely opposed the conservative stance on this. They signed a motion saying it violated the moral, social, legal, and fiduciary responsibilities that Canada had to its veterans. But now that they make up the government, they've changed sides on this topic. It's not something that the liberal government is interested in overturning and changing. They're not interested in the duty of care. And this is definitely a very strange phenomenon. It suggests that opposing this act is useful politically as a symbol, but not so useful once you can actually have influence over whether or not that act passes. No doubt, just like any other position in the House of Commons, this comes down to political strategy. And of course, most things do, but this particular act is a little bit more of an enigma. Because unlike other acts, which are not passed because they simply wouldn't be popular, this is the exact opposite situation. In the realm of Canadian public opinion, there's pretty much no one on the other side of this issue. In any poll, and any submission list of letters to the editor. Canadians just about unanimously come out in support of something like a duty of care. In fact, just about any polling on the issue of veterans will show very strongly that Canadians are very interested in providing additional support. But yet, when it comes to legislation, when it comes to issues like this, we see an entirely different story. This particular phenomenon, and even the issue that it's happening around, reminds me strongly of John Stewart's advocacy for the First Responders Act in the U.S., In that case, Stewart took up a very similar issue as the issue of getting medical coverage for first responders who suffered long-term health effects as a result of working on top of the pile of rubble that was once the World Trade Center in downtown New York. There, once again, in the realm of public opinion, there was almost unilateral support. Whether out of a strong sense of American patriotism or appreciation, just about no one was against the idea of dipping into tax dollars to support these first responders. But even in that climate, it was a long road to get first responders covered. But back to Canada, because while I think this is a fairly universal theme in politics, it's very interesting in the context of Canadian politics. Particularly because, as I said, the Liberals at one point did support recognizing this obligation. But something obviously changed when they crossed the floor from being the opposition and became the government, when they became able to actually move forward with that legislation. And I think if anything can explain this effect, we need to look at it through the scope of party politics. Because remember, while it is true that politicians care about public opinion, they care about it insofar as it relates to the popularity of their party. And so, of course, when you make up the opposition, you typically want to get behind 
behind popular opinion on each issue independently. Given that you can't affect whether a piece of legislation passes or not, each stance that you take can be purely symbolic, and each one can be held up as an example of your party's virtue when election season comes around. But when you make up the government, it's a little bit different. It's not about specific positions on isolated issues anymore. That might seem a little bit counterintuitive, so let me be specific about what I mean. Because in the driver's seat, as the government, particularly as a majority government, you really are in charge of all the dials. And yes, you could pass legislation to make sure you're behind public opinion on every single issue, but it's far more complicated than that. Because if a party wants to be politically strategic, they need to make sure that they move on only issues that Canadians, that potential future voters, are actually focusing on. Or at the very least, the thing that they likely will be focused on when the next election comes around. And I think that's what the Liberal Party is doing here. While Canadians are on one side of this veterans issue, at the same time, when the next election comes, Canadians will be focused on a wider scope of issues, not the least of which will be the size of the budget deficit. While certainly Canadians do occupy one side of the veterans issue, the strength of our sentiments on the matter are most likely perennial. However, the Liberal Party and Trudeau must know that because they drew attention towards how they would be handling the budget during their campaign, this will surely be a matter that they're closely assessed on when the term comes to a close and an election is held. On this basis, understanding what the budget costs of this act could be, it makes some sense that the Liberals would want strategically to lean towards conservatism when it comes to the issue of supporting veterans. Now, obviously, for anyone who feels strongly about this issue for veterans, this is not a comforting revelation to come to. But there is a positive way that this can go. In the U.S., although there was not a lot of political support for the first responders bill, at some point, enough public attention came to that issue, and people came out so strongly on one side of it that it would have been politically embarrassing for the Republicans in the Senate not to get behind it. In other words, the public attention to this issue made it clear that this would be something that the party would be assessed on and that it had the potential to work against them in a future election if it was put on the back burner. And I think the same thing is true in Canada. So if Canadians have enough interest in this bill passing, the only way to make sure that happens is to make sure it never falls out of public concern to make sure that public objections to the Liberals' stance on this particular issue are consistent enough to make them concerned about this as a topic that will be raised during the re-election campaign. Because while public opinion matters, it only matters when the public is paying attention. But that brings us to the end of the podcast for today. My name is Fraser Allen Best. I'll see you again tomorrow. Cheers.